What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's Wyndham Championship. The way we're going to go through this is the way we always do it, which is we'll go and look at some outright bets for this week, both from what the model is saying and both from my gut, a little anecdotal bets. Uh, then we'll look at some head-to-head matchups that could potentially be profitable, and then we'll wrap with the one-and-done preview because some of your pools might be coming down to the wire here, and we want to make sure you have the best possible plays uh, in crunch time. So... Without further ado, let's jump into it. All right, let's jump into this Wyndham Championship. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you are looking at the Wyndham Championship Tournament Predictor. Uh, essentially, it is a tool that I use uh, to determine which golfers actually have the ability to get to the predicted winning score. It's basically that simple. Uh, we use the strokes gain data to try to figure out which golfers are actually able to achieve the ceiling that you need to win a golf tournament because quite frankly not a lot of guys do it's very very difficult uh, or some guys have to have a you know absolute 99.9 percentile uh, finish to be able to compete uh, for a, a PGA Tour victory but anyway uh, so so here's the tool uh, I'm using 13 strokes gained as my um, as my predicted score my projected score. The reason for that is if I go any deeper, I'm going to lose basically everybody. Uh, the outright market, not great at the moment, um, and especially in a field that is a bit top-heavy, uh, the, the outright odds are, are, are frankly not great. Uh, so if I was saying, hey, like you should be betting outrights for a living and try to grind out you know, like a 6% ROI, um, maybe not. Maybe not outrights. Maybe head-to-heads. Maybe uh, in-game, live, or round-by-round head-to-heads. I absolutely think that. But outrights are fun, and I, and I kind of treat them that way because there are a few other bets in the world of sports that you can get 30, 40, 50, 100 to 1 odds and have that ki- t- uh, ticket cash within four days. I mean, think about it. Think about if you get 100 to 1 in any other sporting event, it's probably a future. It's probably the Marlins to win the World Series, right? It's probably something that at best you'll just be waiting nine months to cash, not in golf. So that's my spiel. Uh, that's kind of how I treat outrights, uh, but they're fun and we like to talk about them. So uh, let's let's go through the model here. And, and the model tries to find if there is any uh, positive or, or negative expected value um, for each one of these golfers, depending on what their actual Vegas odds are. So uh, Webb Simpson, who I believe we're getting around 10 to 1, maybe 11 to 1 in some places at the moment, uh, is almost a, a very fair price. I have him at a quarter of a percent of expected value on the positive side. So yes, he's on the positive side, but that is so close that we would call that a very fair price. Uh, Justin Rose, on the other hand, he becomes the first of the bigger names to actually have winning expected value. Now, there's a lot to kind of glean from this because Rosie's had some stretches of greatness. He's had some some stretches where he's been terrible. Uh, you run that all in there, and he still is a bit of a value because I believe books have him at, let me see real quick, 14 to 1, I want to say. Uh, he's, he's, he's listed at right now, so there is a bit of value on Justin Rose, but then you don't see much value further down the list. Um don't bet Lonto. He's he's withdrawn, so he's he would have had value this week, uh, about two percent of it. But do not bet Lonto. And you can see the implied odds. I mean, they just drop off a cliff here. I mean, you're you're asking 
Luke List, Matt Wallace to win a golf tournament uh, 1.5% of the time, like, let's be real, that's probably not going to happen that often. And, and historically in their careers, uh, it hasn't happened that often, or they haven't even played well enough to get to this number. So it's it's a really difficult outright market this week. There does not appear to be a lot of value, but I, I know why you guys are here, right? Like we wanna we wanna talk through some picks. So even despite this, you know, there are going to be bets that I'll be making this week. Um uh, will I get to Webb Simpson? I'm not sure. Uh I think that, you know, unfortunately being the 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 odds on favorite usually sticks you around 10 11 to 1 on the PGA tour um especially in a top heavy field like the one we have right now is Webb Simpson going to win the golf tournament that often I think it's yes I think it's I think it's fair I think it's okay to bet Webb Simpson like if you're trying to bet a guy and you want to have a sweat on Sunday uh Webb Simpson might be that guy cuz he's probably not going to play himself out of this tournament I mean he's got what Eight top tens include or eight yeah eight top tens including a win in his last ten years last ten starts here probably not going to play himself out of the tournament on Thursday or Friday so you're probably going to at least be live for a while which is a big part of golf wagering outright and making sure you're at least getting a sweat on Sunday when the coverage starts that would be nice so I think he's fine from that capacity the guy that probably piques my interest the most though is is Patrick Reed here and and he's fourteen to one. Uh, in most places, and he 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 has what you need. Uh, lo- love him or hate him, the upside is unquestioned, right? He won a WGC event in Mexico earlier this year. He contends all over the place. Another top 15 finish at the PGA Championship last week. I mean, he's just always popping up. It doesn't matter how strong the field, doesn't matter how weak the field. Uh, makes a lot of birdies. You're You're going to need to make a ton of birdies this week. You know, probably upwards of, I don't know, 24 of them, 25 of them. If you make a couple bogeys along the way, maybe make a couple eagles. So maybe you only make, you know, maybe make 21 of them. You're going to have to make a lot. You're going to have to make a lot. The winning score uh, the last four years has been either 21 or 22 under par. So you're going to need a lot of birdies. And Patrick Reed can do that. Um, I'm personally, even though the, the, the model shows Justin Value, Justin Value. Justin Rose as a value here. I'm not that interested. I, I'm a bit skeptical. Uh, the the this version of the model doesn't know how, you know quote unquote how that golfer got there. So the fact that he got there last week with a top ten by gaining seven strokes uh, putting that helps the overall strokes gain number. Uh, something that he's probably not going to be able to replicate week in and week out. Harris English. Can we talk about Harris, Harris English for a second? Because I, I, I don't know if Harris English can win this golf tournament. Um, probably not. Can he finish in a top 10? Can he finish in a top five? I, I think it's possible. Um, I was actually running the numbers from all, since the restart. So since June, whatever that was, 8th, Colonial. Uh Harris English has the most strokes gained total of anyone in this field. Think about that. Webb Simpson's here. Brooks Kepka's here. Patrick Reed is here. Paul Casey. Tommy Fleetwood. Justin Rose. None of them and no one else in this field have more average strokes gained total 
than Harris English does. And he's just been piling up top 20s. That's what he's been doing. He's just been he's top 20 everywhere. He did it again last week. I think he's got four in a row now. He, he so he's does he lack the winning upside probably. Is there an opportunity to use Harris English in a top 10 situation or to try to get Harris English in a lot of matchups? You know, if you can get him like like his floor seemingly right now is so high that he's going to win a lot of these matchups. And if you go back and, and look at the last, I, I go, go back since the restart. If you could look at all the, all the golfers that he has probably been available in a matchup for, he's probably won a lot of them because when you just bank top twenties, you give yourself a really good chance to beat the one other golfer that you are tasked uh, with, with beating in that situation. Um, Brendan Todd is here. Brendan Todd, as, as this week continues to go, go on, I continue to grow more optimistic about Brendan Todd, um, which is crazy. These are words that, I mean, you could have been watching this channel for five years. Like I've never, I've probably never said these words before that Brendan Todd is a great, is a great play. I, I think there's a case to actually be made. Sedgefield country club is the best fit for him. I, I don't think that's unreasonable because the course key stats model, and I showed this in the DFS video, if you want to go back and check that out. Uh, and that model is, is strong. It's strong week in and week out. And it is especially strong when you can get 12 years worth of data at the same golf course, which is what we have. Uh, two, 2008, I believe, was uh, the start of the run at Sedgefield Country Club. So when you have that strong of data and it points at three things, it points at driving accuracy, it points at birdie or better percentage, and it points at strokes gained putting. And uh, almost, you know, th those align so well with Brendan Todd. He doesn't make as many birdies as some of the other guys in the field, but he's in like the top third. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be fine. He can hold his own, hold his own on birdies, uh, but he's awesome in the other two stat categories. And now you're getting him at 40 to one, which quite honestly, in this field, he shouldn't be, he should be a little bit shorter than that. And he are, he's already won twice. I, I know there's the ones that, that got away from him this year. There's the 54 hole leads that he slept on that he hasn't been able to hold, but Brendan Todd, like this is, this is the type of event Brendan Todd wins. You know what I mean? Like this, this final event of the regular season, maybe not the best field in the world. Doesn't have to worry about DJ chasing him down. Like this feels like a really good spot for Brendan Todd. And I probably never said that in my entire life. Further down the list, where are we going? Um, it is interesting to see that Lucas Glover has about a percentage of expected value. So what that means is, uh, you know, the, the implied Vegas odds for Lucas Glover, I think he's 70 or 80 to one. Uh, have him winning the golf tournament about 1.3% of the time. I have him getting there about 2.3, which I understand is only 1% more often, but it's essentially twice as often. Um, I think that's interesting because, and maybe not an outright Marcus, because I can't tell you off the top of my head the last time Lucas Glover's won a golf tournament, quite frankly. Uh, he's been just a kind of like a top 25 machine, but his last two weeks of missing the cut, I think uh, has probably lowered his value around the industry much more than other players um even in on on draft kings uh i mean he's he's like i don't know what his price of, price is off the top of my head but he is amongst other golfers in that tier that, that he's much better than and i just think that his his and because the dk pricing is so closely related to the uh the outright odds 
it makes sense that he's kind of, I feel, undervalued industry-wide. So I don't know if um, if Lucas Glover can actually win this golf tournament. I'd probably look to invest in, in a top 10 or even a top 20 situation, depending on what that number is. But, like, I, I do think he has been uh, too harshly punished for the two missed cuts that he has uh, seen in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Kyle Stanley's here as well. Um, as you can imagine, like, again, here's another guy I've probably never talked about. Kyle Stanley uh, hits his irons well. He's played well here in Greensboro. Uh, I think he's got two top 15 finishes in his last three years. He's got a top 15 at the Barracuda, which is the last time we saw him. His last measured event was the 3M Open. He was great ball striking there. Uh, Kyle Stanley's a guy that if golf tournaments were six holes long, he'd win them all. Right. He's always the guy who's like four under through six holes uh, on Thursday morning. And you're thinking, here we go again. Uh, Usually does not last very long. So I'm not thrilled or investing in in Kyle Stanley thinking he's going to win the golf tournament. But I do think there is some potential uh, top 20 maybe uh, even top 10 situations that could get an investment for me. And then Bryce Garnett, Bryce Garnett is here. Um, Course history wise, uh, in this tier, probably second to none, right? I mean, Webb Simpson's on a completely another level. Uh, There's guys at the top, Brent Snedeker, of course, like there's guys that have a ton of really great course history, but we're talking the, you know, 70, 80, 90 to one range now. So Bryce Garnett last three years goes 20th, 20th and, and sixth. Um, And he's been playing. Okay. Recently, I think he's got a couple of top 25s in his last four starts. So there's there's some momentum there. Guys playing decently well is going to go back to a place he's had a lot of success at. Um, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, we are, we're really deep in the weeds now. These are players that we don't talk about often, which is kind of fun. And it's probably where a lot of the actual value uh, in this field lies. I wanted to do head-to-head matchups here. And this is normally where I would do head-to-head matchups, although they are not available yet. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't see head-to-head matchups on DraftKings. I don't see them on William Hill. I don't see them on FanDuel. So I'm going to jump over to one and done, uh, and we'll come back to matchups. So we'll just we'll just maybe mix it up a little bit, or I'll edit it later. I don't know if you're seeing if you're seeing matchups next. It's because I edited this. If you're seeing one and done next, it's because I skipped and came back later. So I guess we'll find out later. Uh, but let's do one and done. All right, one and done. I mean, we we have to do the huge caveat of like, I don't know where your one and done is at right now, right? I I, I you could have like th- two, you could have like three events left, you could have like thirteen events left, depending on how your commissioner, your whatever, your league, uh, handled the shutdown. You might be at the finish line, or you might have a lot left. I I don't know. I'll try to cover a a bunch of situations. I mean, the strategy will generally be the same. If you are leading, you should be sticking with the chalkiest guy of the week that you have available. If you are chasing, you should be trying to get someone in that top five. Who's probably the overlooked guy. And And depending on how far back you are, the more risk you need to take. So if you need to make up many millions of dollars in the next three weeks, you are you might want to take Kyle Stanley this week. You might want to take like like you're gonna need to take somebody who is like you're the only guy who has him, right? Or you're one of the only five guys that has him, depending on how big the pool is that you are in. Because uh 
that's your path to victory. And and I know it would stink to abandon. Like there's a situation where like if you if you are multiple million do, millions of dollars behind and you have Webb Simpson left this week and you have like three events left, you can't play Webb. You can't play him. I, I hate to tell you that. I hate to break the, new, the news to you. But if you play Webb and he goes out and wins, everyone wins with you. You've done nothing to improve your standing. So you got to swallow swallow your pride, bite the bullet here. You got to play somebody else. I, I hate to break the news to you. It kind of stinks. But you got to readjust your strategy here. So so that's that's the scale I, I'll try to show you over the course of this thing. Um, you know, Wyndham Championship. Uh, last year, Webb Simpson... Uh, Pretty significantly the highest owned golfer on the slate. Uh, I, I cannot imagine that changes this year. I mean, let's see how many people have Webb left. He might have been used a bunch already. Uh, Webb is, I mean, he is one of the six most used golfers. Um, I will venture to say after this week, Webb becomes the most used golfer in PGA one and done because there is not a more natural fit for Webb Simpson. I mean, it's the same way that Brooks Kepka jumped from basically, I think he was used 15%, um, only 400 times before last week, the PGA championship, he was used 800 times last week in this big one and done. And, uh, now is, you know, 43% used. So, so I think we're going to see a massive Webb Simpson jump again this week. He's going to be the highest used golfer by the time this is all over. And quite frankly, I don't think that's wrong. Like all of you in the poll position, use web, turn off the video. No, don't turn off the video. You can keep watching. But like in theory, turn off the video because he's, he's the guy, he's the play. I don't think we need to talk about it. it you know, there's a couple of very natural landing spots for web. This being one of the best, if not the best. And if you still have him and you're in the lead, you should be using him. Um, Victor Hovland was very popular last year. He's not in the field this week. Patrick Reed was also popular. He is in the field this week. I believe Patrick Reed is a, is a, is a fairly nice pivot off of Webb Simpson. I mean, really any of the, the quote unquote, uh, 10 K guys, right? The, the guys on DraftKings who are 10 K or more Brooks Kepka, Justin Rose, Patrick Reed, uh, Paul Casey, Tommy Fleetwood, I believe are the six, uh, Fleetwood might be 9,800. I don't know off the top of my head, but, um, any one of those guys, who is not named Webb Simpson, I do believe is to be a, a pretty good pivot here. Um, the, the sneakiest thing in the world would be if you still have Brooks Kepka, use him right now and see if he can go out and win you a golf tournament with like where like 20 of you have him. That would be the super sneaky thing. But uh, I suspect Webb Simpson, super highly owned. I assume uh, Patrick Reed gets up there as well similarly. So those would be the guys that I would be focusing on. Um, but this is kind of a week where, if you were saving golfers, um, like you could burn someone this week who you probably at the beginning of the year were not even considering burning. Brandon Todd's the perfect example. If you've not used Brendan Todd yet, you know, and, and I used to do this actually. I used to do this uh, practice where I, I would run two, two lineups. Uh, one I would pick every single week, and one I would uh, set the entire one and done lineup before the season starts. It's kind of crazy. You should try this. It's a it's a very good thought exercise of where you think guys are going to play, how you want to allocate your funds, uh, or how you want to allocate your stars. Now, in theory, you should be maybe you should do it like a segment at a time because uh, as I talk about all the time, if you're chasing, you want to be going uh, more contrarian. You want to be going off the grid, so you won't you would not know that before the season starts. But anyway, my my point being. 
if you did that practice and that exercise, you probably not would have not have put Brendan Todd anywhere. You wouldn't have played him anywhere, and you shouldn't have. He was like 550th in the world. Um, but now we're seeing what Brandon Todd is, and now would be a good spot to use him, and you don't feel like you actually used him, if that makes sense, because he's, you know, he wasn't one of the guys you might have had earmarked for anything. Um, I think the biggest mistake, I think the biggest mistake would be two things. Uh, using either uh, Jordan Spieth or Brant Snedeker in this situation. I, I think Snedeker will always find himself to be popular here because of everyone remembering the 59 uh, the win that he had two years ago, he won it again in 27, uh, 2007, I believe it was. And uh, he always gets this ownership bump. He always gets this popularity bump this week. He's not been good. If he were to have success this week, it would be completely different from anything that we've seen from him in the last 10 starts. Um, he is so reliant on his short game to carry him, and it's only carrying him to... 50% made cuts and the rest, uh, you know, dwindling results in the 40s and 50s. And that's like best case scenario for him right now. So if he were to flip a switch, I'd be very surprised. I would, um, I don't even know if I would commend you on the pick. I don't think it would be a great pick either way. And then Jordan Spieth is interesting, right? So there's, there's always this kind of appeal to grab like what people perceive to be a top, whatever 10 player in this field who has winning upside and yes Jordan Spieth of course however many wins he has in his career a lot more than these guys in the field probably the most in the field right maybe Webb's close Webb Webb might have what 12 wins Spieth might have 13 I mean it would be close I mean I guess Sergio has a bunch too but like you get my point right I mean if you just look at long-term careers he's the he's the class of this field however if Jordan Spieth gets right so what you're asking is Jordan Spieth gets right this week. If he gets right, he's going to win any event. You you shouldn't waste him here then. So like Jordan Spieth is not playing against the field. He's playing against himself. He's working through a lot of really apparently difficult swing changes and things that he hasn't gotten hasn't gotten right. I shouldn't even call it swing change. He's just working through things. And when he figures it out, if he does, it's not going to matter. Who's in the field? We saw this guy win multiple major championships. We, we know he can compete anywhere. So why would you waste him here expecting him to get right? If he's going to get right, he's going to win the Masters, right? Go go play him there. I'd rather you play him there. So those that's what I think the two biggest mistakes of uh, the Wyndham Championship one and done would be is to play either Snedeker or to play Spieth. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's basically it. I mean, I guess it depends on where you're at. If you needed to go super, super against the grain, like a Dylan Fratelli, I think is interesting. Um, he won the John Deere Classic last year. Isn't going to be able to defend it. He's very interesting. He like if I'm looking for like a like a one percent guy, right? Like if I want to be the only guy who has somebody, looking at Dylan Fratelli is probably probably your best option. Uh, but yeah, it depends on your situation. There's a couple guys to avoid, a couple guys to go with. Let's go back and see if I can find some matchups now. All right, finally, uh, eight hours later. Head-to-head -head matchups are available only on DraftKings so far, and there's only, like, eight of them. So not sure what's going on with the Wyndham Championship. Bookmakers might be, uh, you know, a little, little hungover from the PGA Championship, might be a little slow to put these out, but let's let's run through these. So this is the head-to-head -head matchup simulator. Uh, if you've never seen on rickrungood.com before, I'm going to change the date to just look at... Um, since the restart as, as, as annoying, as terrible as, you know, the shutdown was, um, and obviously necessary. 
the good thing uh, for for the stats is we have a very natural starting point, a, na- a natural place where we can say, okay, who's been playing well since the restart, which I think is is nice. Um, so I'm just gonna go through. I mean, there's only a couple of these that I have access to. Uh, so let me let me run po- uh, plop them into the into the simulator here. So we're gonna do Webb Simpson versus Patrick Reed. And again, remember this tool is designed for four round head-to-head matchups um that's its purpose now i've got the, the the showdown cheat sheet the live leaderboard and then i've got another tool in development that is uh better for round by round uh matchups but this this is really again for those tournament long matchups so keep that in mind uh webb simpson on DraftKings is minus 125 over patrick reed uh at, at plus 100 i have webb simpson winning this matchup about 52.8 percent of the time so this is probably a no-go not one that i would touch here too close to what the bookmakers have as well um harris english versus billy horschel this could be interesting because as mentioned uh earlier I don't know if that was today or in this video. I've I've slept since the last time I created this or since I've done this video. Um, Harris English has been awesome in the restart, and Billy Horschel has been too. But I still have Harris English winning this matchup sixty two percent of the time. So when you get into matchups and small sample sizes, that's a pretty significant number. Um, his his money line should be minus one sixty three. On DraftKings, he's minus 125. Billy Horschel, uh, plus 100. I think he should be plus 163. So this would be a bet on uh, Harris English for me. And let's do one more. Let's do... I'm trying to find guys that play a lot of rounds. Charles Howe III versus Joaquin Neiman. Let's see this one. Those are two guys you don't think about in a matchup together. I have Charles Howell III. Oh, you can actually see. This is what I like about the visual of this. Uh, Charles Howell III started the the restart awesome. He has kind of leveled out and actually got gotten a bit worse. The opposite for Neiman, who started really slow, very tour averagey, and then jolts up over the last couple of weeks and, and, and uh, playing a bit better. I still have Charles Howell III at a 54 0.6% win probability in this matchup. Um, he's he's minus 110. So is Joaquin Neiman. This is probably a no bet. So the best one out of the ones that we just did, Harris English uh, over Billy Horschel is the best tournament matchup that I went through. You can, of course, go through, run it in the, in the head-to-head matchup simulator, uh, change the date ranges for any dates that you would like. If you want to go back to the start of the year or the start of their, you know, their careers or whatever, all good there. All right, that's got to be the, the longest time it took me to record a video video for two days uh, because the matchups weren't out. But let me know what you think, who you're betting this week. Tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. I'll talk to you guys. Best of luck this week.